waters. In his hand, right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in Hades. What a great and awesome God we have. Savior Jesus Christ. You know, when we read these verses here, and we, we're not going to go into all the concepts of everything that he's saying tonight, but one thing is, Jesus is to be exalted. He is to be looked at. And you know what? Was how, all, how all he is, and all his greatness, and who he is, he says, don't be afraid. Ain't that good? Isn't it good to know that we have a Lord and Savior that says to us, don't be afraid? It says, right therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and the seven gold lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the stars in his right hand and walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know your deeds. What I want is just to think about, Jesus is here with us tonight. Amen. He is walking with us. He is here in this time together of our worship together. He knew the church in Ephesus. He knew the church in Samaria. He knew the churches in all of these places. And he knows the church here in Dangerfield that's meeting right now. And he walks among us. He wants us. He desires us to exalt him and his father with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength each and every day. And not only today, but what a great and awesome God we have. And you know what? As his priesthood, as First Peter says, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. What an awesome privilege we have to be called the people of God. Not because of our works, not because of anything that we merit, but because of what Jesus did when he was on the cross. And he is our peace, amen. So that we may rest from our works and have faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, that's what God desires. That's what God wanted since the Old Testament. If you look at Jesus, he says, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. The two greatest commands. You go into James, it says, keep the royal scriptures, the royal law. What is which is what? Love God and love your neighbor. Both times saying the same thing. And that's what God has always desired from his people. That we love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know, sometimes, man, we sang that song just a while ago. Dear Lord, remind me, right? Man, sometimes we forget that glory. And we forget that Jesus' presence, God's presence is here with us tonight. And as we walk throughout the week as well. And you know what it even happened in the Old Testament with the people of God? The people of God, the people of Israel, as they walked, as God selected them to be his nation at that time in those places. So that he could work through them, through their faith, to get to this great faith that we have now that's in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you know what? In Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, they kind of got a little bit tired of worshiping God. And we're not talking just the tribes, but even the priests. The priests were the ones who accepted the offers the offerings that those who came from the other tribes would come. From the tribe of Levi. From, from Levi, the priests came. 
And they got kind of tired of doing those things. In fact, it says in Malachi chapter 1 that they started to bring sacrifices that were not good. They were supposed to bring the best that they had, and they were bringing whatever they had that was left over. And God calls their attention. He says, hey, I'm a great king. If you had a great king coming, would you give him the leftovers? Or would you do and give him the best of your offering? And so that's kind of the struggle that's happening there at this time in their lives as the priests of God. Why is that happening? Because they're seeing things happening in this world. And they're seeing and they're saying, God, I'm serving you. But it sure looks like those who aren't serving you are having a lot more fun than I am. And you know what? Sometimes that may be where we fall in. We give our lives to the Lord. We're joyous. We're happy. And we love the Lord. But sometimes we start happening and we start thinking, Lord God, why is it that I'm giving all, I've given my heart to you, but yet things aren't happening the way I would like to? Why is it I see those around me who don't even fear you, Lord, but yet they're being blessed in ways that I would like to be blessed? And so we want to heed the warning that God gave the priest in that time for us to heed the warning for us today to help us to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Look what it says here, and let's open first in Malachi chapter 2, verse 17. Because God is going to tell them one thing. Get ready. If you want to be a priest, if you want to be God's people, you got to get ready. Because if we're not ready... For Jesus, it's not going to be a good day for us. Okay? But look what he says here in Malachi chapter 2, starting in verse 17, for us to look at what's happening here. Chapter 2, verse 17, he says this. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him? The priests are asking. By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. And he is pleased with them. Or where is the God of justice? Have we ever felt that way? Do we see things happening today that make us think, where is the God of justice? Or what, what, what's happening, Lord? Why are these things happening? Lord, I can't explain it, and I'm trying in my littleness to understand it, and I can't understand it. Job, when he was suffering, remember, they tried to understand it. His friends trying to give him consolation and comfort. But after a few days, they started saying, Job, man, you must have done something really big because you're hurting a whole lot. And not only after that, Job gets to the point and says, God, I'm a righteous man. Why is this happening to me? And then the Lord answers him. And then after the Lord answers him, Job says, who am I to speak? I have seen God. I said things I surely didn't think I shouldn't have, shouldn't have said. For now I know you face to face. When we come in contact with who God is, we have to understand that God knows us. He knows. He walks among us, but he is the creator. He is the author of life. He knows what's happening in every place at every time, even as we speak right now. And Jesus is on his throne reigning. And we need to have spiritual eyes to see that. Because the Satan wants us to think Jesus is not Lord Jesus is not king. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen at all? And Satan is wanting to take away the opportunity for people to see the glory of our God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now look what he says here. God says, 
They said, how have we wearied you? They didn't even realize what they were saying. And you know, sometimes that gets hard with us. You know, sometimes what happens, have you ever gotten a rhythm of doing things and you just forget why you do them, you do them, but it just comes like clockwork, but you just kind of forget it. You know, when something's new, it's good. And then after a while, it's like, oh, again, okay? We don't want to fall into that. As brothers and sisters of Christ, as children of God, man, when we come to take the Lord's Supper, we want to have that same thought every Sunday. Man, God, look what you've done for me. Let me examine myself. Lord, I want to thank you so much for what you've done. I don't deserve it, but your sacrifice was great. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to remember this. Lord, God, throughout the week, perhaps I've let things get in a rut. And my prayers are just, when I pray, I pray. And I'm not even thinking what I'm praying because I've just gotten into a rut. Lord God, help me to break it. Amen. So that we can talk to him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord God, help us not to look to others. Look what it says here. The priests, those who were leaders, those who were the people looked to for direction. Well, at this time, we're not having direction. The priest had gotten to the point that says, it's just too wearisome to serve the Lord. And they said, how have we wearied you? They're saying, Lord God, we're doing what you told us to do. But, Lord God, where is the God of justice? Here I am serving you, doing these things. And so God told the priest at that time, well... I want you to know, if you don't want to serve me, I'm going to change it all. It's going to be a different priesthood in Christ Jesus. Look what he says in Malachi, and it's continuing here in chapter 3, verse 1. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are speaking will come into his holy temple. The message of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will set as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings and righteousness and the offerings of judah and jerusalem will be acceptable to the lord as in the days gone by as in former years god is saying what to them if you don't like it if you're worried you're tired well i'm gonna change it for them the priest at this time and he says i'm gonna send my messenger to prepare the way for me okay Now, we can understand in Isaiah 40, talking about who that messenger is, that's John the baptizer or John the Baptist. He's going to send John the Baptist beforehand to prepare the way for the Lord. And also in this verse here, this gives us definite same duvida, without a doubt, that God, that Jesus is divine. Look what he says. Look what he said here. Who can endure that day? I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come his temple. Jesus is coming. He's telling them, I'm sending John before me. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is divine. In the beginning the word was with God and the word was God. Amen. He is God. And at this point, at this time, he says, Who can withstand that day because he's going to be a refiner's fire? He's going to say, hey, wake up, get ready, I'm coming. 
And he's telling for us today, God says, Jesus is coming back to take us home, right? But while we're still here on this earth, while we are still here, we need to be ready. We need to be waking up because God doesn't want anybody who feels like it's a burden to have to serve him. God wants us to serve him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. He doesn't want us to serve him out of being scared, out of fear. He wants us to serve him out of love. And God says, do you love me? Then show it. Remind me, Lord. Man, that's you know, I, I, I've seen that song just a couple of times. But it's hitting to me tonight. Remind me, Lord, who you are. Lord God, help me to not grow into the rut to think it's a burden to have to get up Sunday morning to come to worship. Lord God, help me to know it's not a burden for me to pray for those around me. Lord God, I may not be the best singer in the world, as Tim can testify during the week when Janice and I sang uh, the Macedonian call. But Lord God, accept my worship to you. I want to sing to you with all my heart, soul, and strength. Don't grow in a rut. Don't let the words just be on the page, but let them work on your heart. When we look at the word of God, as we talked about this morning, being amazing, read it and saying it's God's love book to me. To saying that I have a reason for living again, as we sing also. Okay? But not only that, God says, I was going to send my messenger. Malachi, even he means my messenger. He's sending it to the last time and he's saying, this is what's going to happen. You don't like the way it is, then you know it's going to change. This whole priesthood, this whole system, the sacrificial system is going to change. And I'm going to send John before I come. And John goes to preach a baptism of repentance. God, John goes and prepares the way for the Lord. And then when John sees Jesus coming up in John chapter 1, coming down the hill to be baptized, John says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then as Jesus comes down and John says, Jesus says, baptize me, John. And John says, what? You should baptize me. And Jesus says, no, do this to fulfill all righteousness. And he does it. And at that moment, the dove comes above him, the spirit in the form of a dove comes upon him. And God says, this is my son, my beloved son in whom I love. And what was John's attitude after that? I must decrease so that he may increase. Man, in our lives, now that we see who Jesus is, it's not about Mark, it's not about Abigail, it's not about Charlie, it's about Jesus in our lives, amen. It's not about who I am, but who is in me. When it says that when we repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Spirit, God living in you. You are not your own. You were bought at a price, as the word of God says. God dwells in us. We are not our own. And our bodies are called to be living sacrifices to him. And he's saying, get ready. And how can we get ready? Lord God, give me the desire to follow you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord God, when I get in those ruts, get me out of them fast. Bring me a brother and sister to talk to me and say, get out of that rut. I need you here. I want to see you. I need to be encouraged by you also in your life. And he says, be ready. And that being ready means being faithful also. 
And look what it says in Malachi chapter 3. When God is talking about this. Chapter 3, look what he says again, the Lord talking to them. He says, you have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? They have gotten so blind. They thought my relationship with God is so good. They couldn't even see what they were doing. That wasn't what God didn't want them to do. I pray, Lord, that we don't get to that point. That none of us get to that point. And if we have gotten to that point before, praise God, somebody may have talked to us. Praise God, God put his heart and touched us again to help us to come back. But look what he says here in Malachi chapter 3. They says, what have we said against you? And look what they said here. The priests, the leaders, those they're looking, all the other tribes are looking to them. Also, and it says this, you have said, it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. This was not non-believers. These were not just Jews. These were the priests, the leaders talking like that. Can you imagine somebody getting up and say, you know what, it just doesn't. Can you imagine a leader coming up to the church and just saying, you know what, it just it doesn't matter. What, what do we get out of obeying God's word anyway? Man, suffering, trouble, persecution, it's just not worth it. Can you imagine somebody coming up to say that? We can't. But they had gotten to that point. And we pray that we never get to that point as a people of God as well. Look what he says, futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements? Call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper and even they go to get, put God to the test and they get away with it. Even if the world or people are saying that to you, please don't give up on God. Don't believe the lie. Sometimes there are people who are in Christ. And Jesus said it when he said about the seed, the, the seed sowing the seed. It's going to have seed that falls on different kinds of hearts. Some are going to receive the word with great joy. But when persecution comes, they leave it. They don't want it anymore. It says others receive the word of God with great joy. But when the pleasures of life come, the pleasures of life And self-fulfillment here are much more desirable than pleasing God. And they're no longer with us. But there's only one kind of heart that God wants. One that says, I want you totally. Good soil. We want to be good soil. Amen. We want to be the soil that produces five times, ten times, a hundred times more in our own lives. But I say this. Because a lot of times when I've talked to people, whoever I talk to when we're talk, talking about the gospel, and I say this, and I pray that this never happens to me, I say when I'm teaching them, Chuck, Jesus is Lord. He is Savior of your life. You need to give your life to Him. But there's something else I always say also. Don't let me be who you follow. Let Jesus be who you follow. 
Because you know what? One day I might leave the faith. And if your faith is in me, you're going to leave. Don't follow. Don't go down my road. And, and I've had a brother very dear to me that told me the same thing. A very dear brother to me, one I love, who told that to me and has gone down the road. Unfortunately, not that what God wants, and he knows it. But he said, Mark, don't go down that road. He said that when he still had his relationship with the Lord. And that's what we want to tell people. Base your faith in Jesus Christ. Let him be the rock. Let him be the solid rock on which you stand. As we sang this morning, we stand in his presence. We stand in who he is. Be faithful to him. And you know what? When the world and when somebody says, you know what? I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not going to do anything else with the people of God. I'm just going to live my life the way I want to. You know what? People are being blessed. They're not following God. I'm just going to go ahead and do what I want to do. What should we do as a people of God? Look what it says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 16. When the priests were saying those things, when they were saying, what did we gain by carrying out their requirements? And all of these things, what happened? Chapter 3 verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. God is saying there is a day coming. And you're going to see very clearly the difference between the righteous and the wicked. That day is coming. Do you want your name being written in the book of life? Or in these other books that lead to death, where it says every wrong that you've ever done, every bad thought that you've done. I don't want to be in that book. I want to be in the book of life. Don't you want to be in the treasured possession of God in his book when he opens it? Man, the Lamb of God, John in Revelation chapter 4 and chapter, five, chapter 4, sees that Lamb going there. He sees that scroll that can't be opened and he's sad and he's crying. He says, nobody can open the scroll. And the man says to him in that vision at that time, there is one who is worthy to open that scroll. The Lamb of God. Man, I want to be encountered in the book of the Lamb of God. Where our names are written in heaven together. God's saying, we got to be ready. We got to get ready. Keep going. Keep, keep the joy. Keep the, keep the fruits of the Spirit. Continue growing in me each and every day. Get ready. Be faithful. And live to tell the gospel. Live to tell it each and every day. Live to tell what God has done in your life. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 that we talked about earlier. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says this, talking about God's word here. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Oh, special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. 
And he says in chapter 2, verse 4, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but... Humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. God was faithful to his word in Malachi. 400 years before Jesus came, Malachi said, and Jesus, the word of God said, I'm sending a messenger. And he's preparing the way for the Lord. And he prepared the way. And Jesus came and he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus lived among us, gave his life for us, was raised again on the third day because of our sins, was raised again on the third day. And that gives us hope. And with that, he changed everything. And he said, you, Jace, you and me, Miss Carolyn, we can all be part of a new family. A new priesthood that's going to offer spiritual sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. God desires that we love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind and strength. And that he desires so much that we live our lives as a living sacrifice to him. We've read it and I've read it so many times. Romans chapter chapter 12. You are a living sacrifice. Man, when we read those verses in Romans chapter 12... And see those verses that it says, you know what, you know why Paul gets to that moment? He says, and I like it when we always say, and you always hear preachers say that, or or anybody on devotion on these nights also. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it has that what? That therefore, right? Therefore. Okay, he says, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing in God. Therefore, why? You know what, Kylie? You and me are a part of a kingdom that will never end. Never perish, spoil, or fade. Look what he says in Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, God is saying one thing. It doesn't matter if you're Jew. It doesn't matter if you're Gentile. If you come to faith in Christ Jesus, you are the people of God. You are the holy nation. You are the priesthood of believers. And he says here in Romans chapter 11, God talking about how big of a moment that was in the life of Jesus, his death, his burial and resurrection. It says, oh, the depths of the riches of his wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and, him and for him all are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Live as a living sacrifice. Why? Oh, my goodness. Our Lord is great. Job said, man, I've heard of you. Now I know your fame. Meet Jesus. Give your life to him. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You know, one of the greatest awesome parts that we know is that now we lose our lives, our bodies, not as an instrument of unrighteousness, but as an instrument of righteousness. And Paul goes on in Romans chapter 6, and we can go there. And he says, shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? And he said, by no means, 
For all of you who have been baptized into Christ, as it says here in Romans 6, 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Saying, get ready. You're going to have a new life in Christ Jesus. You give your life to him, be baptized into him. You're going to be raised to new life. And with that new life, what do you got to do when you're getting ready? Got to be faithful. Look what he says in Romans 6, 12, 13. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Get ready for the new life in Christ. Be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, and as we said, we just read in Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God is looking at each and every one of us. Jesus is walking along here with us. He sees everything He knows everything. He knows our hearts. He knows our minds. But yet God loved us so much that he didn't create robots. God said, I'm going to give you the opportunity to choose to follow me or not. To to accept the message or reject the message. We who are in Christ believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that we have given our lives to him. To serve him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And just as God walks through his churches, he's walking through our hearts. And we ask God, God, take anything out of my heart that's bad, that's wicked. May I bring every thought captive to your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, in my life. And now that we do that, we live faithful to him, we get to go tell him. Therefore, go and preach the gospel in all nations. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Tonight, if you want to give your life to the Lord, become a part of the priesthood of believers, become a part of the holy nation, God is ready to accept you tonight. Just as he said to the Ethiopian eunuch as we talked this morning, what hinders me from being baptized? If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And him and Philip went down in that water And they came out with new life and they came out rejoicing because of his new life in the Lord. If you're in Christ and you're thinking, you know what? I feel like those priests in Malachi. And it's not good. And I don't want to be that way. I felt that way before. I've been in ruts. I've been, I felt like things are just going like they're going. Lord God, bring me out of those things. So that you are glorified more in my life each and every day. May I never lose my fire for you, Lord. May your word always be in my heart as a flame. And it may be in the hearts of each and every one of us. If you want to give your life to the Lord, or if there's anything that we can pray to you for, for you tonight, come as we stand and sing this song together and glorify our great and awesome God that we have. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. 
If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.